Welcome back to The Love Frequency, Episode 13. I'm Lisa Love, your host. And we're going to dive back into our conversation with Amy Heibel. As you remember, last week we were talking about her experience with The Course in Miracles and how it identifies our one true function is forgiveness. And in this segment, we get into a little bit more of the role of the ego in disrupting our experience of wholeness. So stay tuned, dive in, and we'll see where this takes us. So you mentioned a little bit about function is is forgiveness. And the very first lesson in the course is to understand what is real. Only that which is real cannot be threatened. And anything unreal doesn't that's exist. Right. And that's where, that's so the how peace we, of God. That's the, the peace, peace of God. Of God. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. that we fear is the ego's illusion. Everything that we think we hate is an illusion. That's very hard for, for a lot of people to really believe or grasp. And yet, once you see that, the peace that comes from it is profound. Nothing that you fear mm-hmm. is real. Wow. And that goes back to Roosevelt's statement of the only thing to fear is fear itself. Exactly. A Course in Miracles says that the opposite of love is fear. But mm-hmm. love has no opposite. There can be no opposite to love because that is what God is. God has no opposite. So the only place that an opposite to love can possibly seem to be is in an illusion. So here comes a practical idea. When we feel fear... What have you found from your study of the course and application of the lessons? How best to hold that or move through it? Well, what you, what, what you have just said is, is actually the answer. Um, when I am in moments of fear, which I am all the time, being in a body is a fearful thing because we're always afraid for the body. Uh, and yet the body itself mm-hmm. this is you know your, your listeners may disagree but the body itself is an illusion and that's very very difficult to agree to when your body is in pain or you have to feed it or clothe it or um, but that's the subject of a whole other discussion when mm-hmm. when I am in fear I first go to the understanding which I hold within myself that my fear is exactly that it's my fear and I stick with it I stay with it and I have my experience of it knowing all the while going within that it isn't real and so Mm -hmm. over time I've had many many experiences of standing in my fear watching it rise 
within me overwhelm my mind and on some level and yet staying with it, seeing it peak and then subside. And when you do that mm -hmm. over and over and over again, you come to the understanding, which you can only have through experience, that every experience of fear doesn't last. It's not constant. It comes and goes. It will go and then it will come again, probably for as long as we're in the body. But each time I stand in my fear and I call it what it is, it's not real. It's something that is a temporary manifestation in my own mind. I fear it less and less. I fear my fear less and less. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I do when, because I just had some fear come up this morning, uh, but say it's sadness, because over the holidays, I had some waves of sadness come through. And when I have a difficult, what I call a difficult emotion, one that's uncomfortable, I do this process similar to what you're describing, um, where I acknowledge the feeling, I witness how it's showing up in terms of sensations and impulses and thoughts. And then I sort of imagine that I'm using a wide angle lens instead of a laser focus on the experience of the fear and what it's maybe motivating me to do, like freak out or distract or talk to someone about it or take action. Part of my With, technique since uh, tuning into the course is to realize that I'm never alone. And I, for one reason or another, um, that's, that's my attunement to fear. I think each of us have these um, resonances that uh, are particularly attuned to fear. Fear has its own resonance and its own attunements. And mm -hmm. for me, it's um, remembering that I'm, I'm not by myself. Even in this experience that feels so isolated and so lonely, I haven't gotten myself to the position where, I, to the to the situation where I am, in terms of making myself, because my source made me, and the source that made me, and created this path for me has also created the path out. So no problem comes without its own solution. That's the nature of wholeness, and I remember that when I'm in my fear, which is, it mm. sounds like, like what you're doing too. It's just coming back to your own natural inheritance, which is the truth of love. And sometimes it's quite a feat to shift from fear and that sense of aloneness and separation and even danger to a feeling of grounded in trust and love and wholeness but doing that over and over is is what being human involves it is as long as we are in these human bodies um, fear is going to come up because fear is actually what creates the human body it is the ego's 
projection of its own fear. That's what the human body is. It's, um, it begins to die the moment it's born. It is never completely safe. It's always vulnerable. The human body can never fully meet and connect with another human body, not in any lasting way. The human body is a little fence that we build around our heart and it is the source of all instability, all vulnerability, all fear, all attack. Um, and it, as long as we are in a body and we identify with a body, fear will arise for us because the human body resonates with the frequency of fear. So I'm wondering from what you said, whether it's possible from your perspective to have a body, but not identify with the body, like not be disassociated from it, but just to recognize it as an interesting phenomena in the field of conscious awareness. It is. Yes, I think so. That's, that's a good way to put it. Um, it's an experience. You know, my sister calls mm -hmm. it uh, the earth suit. You know, mm -hmm. It is just an experience. And you can even be grateful for having a body and for having the experience of being in it. Even if it's even hurtful when it's and unpleasant. unpleasant. Mm -hmm. So let's back up to the wider angle then. So our souls are a fractal of source. Am I understanding I that correctly? For, for me, it's, it's more helpful to think of it as an extension of source um, because that reinforces okay. the, um, the connection. We're always intimately, completely connected with source. So more like rays of the sun. The sun radiates, and so its rays are an extension yes. of the sun. Okay. So our souls are extensions of source. And why are we in these bodies? <laughs> why can't we just hang out in that space of oneness? Like, why are we here? There are many explanations for why we are here. And each, each uh, spiritual tradition has their own. But A Course in Miracles offers in my opinion, one of the most, how can I put this? It's one of the most profound and reasonable explanations for why we are here. And because Helen uh, and Bill were psychotherapists, their explanation for the creation of the universe is most compelling for me. So why are we here? Mm -hmm. We are here because an aspect of mind of God decided it would be a fun thing to have the experience of being its own creator and creating without source as its fundamental engine of power. And so it created and created and created, but it lacked, all of its creations lacked that cohesive resonance 
that is only from source. And the first fear was born out of that thought. How can I, can we create without source? Can we create on our own? And that took place before time, before any thought mm -hmm. of the universe even existed. But to make a long story short, our bodies are the result of that first thought. Can I create without using source as my inspiration for creation? Let me interrupt yeah. here for a moment, may I? So this brings to mind this idea that I've heard from other sources, and I can't remember what they were, that this is sort of like a game embedded within the whole, that the, the challenge is we are separate from source and to use this journey, this human journey, as a process of remembering that connection. It's like, can we find a trail of breadcrumbs to get back to that knowing that we are that we never left i think that's a good way to um to think about it that's a really positive way because otherwise it sounds it. like god's fucking with us <laughs> well that's that's the whole thing about guilt yeah. and shame mm -hmm. um so the, what the course says is we created these bodies we created this universe and all the little breadcrumbs that we created and we believe that they're real because we made this illusion and then we got mm -hmm. lost in it. And in getting lost in the illusion, we hated what we created because look, look around at the world. The world is full of pain and mm -hmm. suffering. I mean, no one with a the world is insane. It's 180 degrees opposite of the truth, which is love. It's unloving. It's unsafe. It's full of attack and aggression. It's full of guilt and shame. The moments of peace in this world that we have are few and far between, and they never mm -hmm. last. But what is in God's mind is the opposite of that. And so we've created this world, and we fear, and in the, the we is the egoic mind. So the egoic mind has created this world and believes itself in it and now believes that God is going to come after us and punish us for it. And that's the whole idea of mm -hmm. original sin, that we are born in sin and that we die in sin. And all of that is nothing but a blanket of guilt that the egoic mind lays over itself as a form of punishment for abandoning God and forgetting that God is within each and every one of us. And every single time that I treat my sister or my brother as an enemy, I am reinforcing my egoic illusion that I am not one with God. And that is why the Course in Miracles says your function is forgiveness because only forgiveness undoes the separation. Okay, let me try this. 
this conceptualization. So source created, source is the creation, right? Source is all, source is whole. And source, source is all, source is love. And source is so in love with love that it extends itself in love, in complete loving bliss, extending and extending and extending. Okay. And then source also created this sort of like an operating system for this, let's call it a game of remembering. No, no. Source did not create Source that. did not create ego? Well, no. How... If source, if source is all, how can everything contained within it not... I mean, ego is contained within all. Source created... It, source extended okay. itself. And in extending, in extending itself, it gave all of itself to all of its extensions. And so all of source extension... This goes back far beyond humanity, far beyond the universe the creation of yeah. the universe source extended itself and gave all of its qualities, its creative qualities to its, ex its extensions. And there was mm. a moment, just an instant when one of the extensions, which was one within source said, what if we created by ourselves without mm -hmm. source in the instant that that idea was considered was thought of the whole universe rolled out like a carpet and in that instant it also rolled back in but what was left behind was this illusion that we are all operating in now source doesn't even see this illusion source knows that it's an illusion source doesn't even recognize anything as being separate from itself mm -hmm. So source did not create the ego. Okay, wow. But the ego is acting like an operating system within what we would call our reality, our human reality. And yes. Source is its own matrix. Mm -hmm. And the ego is its own matrix. And the ego is a false matrix. It's a game within a game. The game does not exist. God does not play games. Okay. So back to the question here of why we were here, you said there's many answers and you've hinted that, you know, or not hinted, you've stated that one of the functions of being here is to forgive or accept that forgiveness is our natural state. The only function we have here, and it's a function God gave us, is forgiveness. So we need to for forgiveness is is the same as allowing and it's the same as non-resistance what you pointed to when you don't resist your yeah. fear that is forgiving your fear it's an act of forgiveness to allow your fear to be as it is what it is and have your experience with it do we need to forgive ourselves for believing in the illusions of the ego that is the first forgiveness that's the first act of forgiveness. Okay. Yes. Because you can't give what you don't have. So if you haven't forgiven yourself, you can't forgive anything else. Right. 
And then you mentioned earlier that we didn't create ourselves, but I'm a little confused about this now because it sounds like we branched off from the radiation of the whole source into this sort of eddy in the stream of life saying, let's pretend that we can create without source. That's right. A Course in Miracles calls that the split mind. So mind of God extends itself over and over infinitely, extending itself. But part of mind of God, and this wasn't God doing itself to God, this was God's extension doing itself, split and said, I'm going to create the illusion of being a split mind. Because nothing can be separate from God. The truth is the truth, or there is no truth. There's only one truth. There are not many different aspects of the truth. It's only one. But the split mind created this whole world, which includes the illusion of bodies, the illusion of separation. The whole illusion of separation takes a million different forms, mm -hmm. but it's all one illusion, and it's all the illusion of separation. And forgiveness or allowing or acceptance or is the recognition that the illusion is false and it's ending the operating system of the split mind. Wow. So if you think of the split mind as a piece of machinery that's got a thousand different bits and parts to it, forgiveness is the oil in the machinery that essentially returns it to its full operating system. That's not a very good way of explaining it. Forgiveness is the oil in the machinery of, of atonement, of enlightenment, of ascension. And the, the, the matrix of separation, the illusion, it's a dream. And we have to dream forgiving dreams in order to get back to the understanding that the dream itself isn't real. And so every act of forgiveness that we choose in our illusion of being in this life is another dream of happiness that ends the final dream. Does that make any sense? Can you? Does that I'm having a hard time grokking that one. That is that jumped a few categories that my brain went what? <laughs> I know it's it is it's you know that is that is a criticism of a course is it's very intellectual, um, and and but the course also says there are many curriculums, um, and here let me just read this to you. The Course in Miracles defines itself as a course in miracles, and a miracle happens all the time. It says it's a required course, but the time that we take to take the course is voluntary. We can choose to take it any time we want. But free will doesn't mean that you can establish the curriculum of the course, and the curriculum is forgiveness. It means that you can elect what you want to take at any given time. Um, and it doesn't teach the aim or the, of the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. 
It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. The course that can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. So if we could just, thank you for reading that. If we could just grok that first one, we wouldn't have to go through all the lessons. <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't. I have two more questions for you, and, and they're kind of big. So one is that a lot of people, especially, you know, teenagers and 20-somethings and 30-somethings, and sometimes even in midlife, you know, we come into this questioning of what is my soul's purpose, right? We, we see a lot of content about that. And I wondered if you could comment on that from your understanding from all that you have grown through and learned from in your exposure to the Course. If I was to have a young person sitting in front of me, I would give them the same advice that I would give to an old person. And that is to make it a daily habit to forgive yourself. Notice every time that you criticize yourself, blame yourself, feel unsure of yourself, that you're hard on yourself, that you feel unloving toward yourself, that you condemn yourself, that you crucify yourself, which we do over and over again. And I would say every single time you recognize that, Use it as an opportunity to forgive yourself. Love yourself. Be free to love yourself. You will make mistakes, but every mistake is an opportunity to forgive. Mm -hmm. You can't lose. <laughs> wow. And that brings me to my second question, which is how has your life changed since you have started and deepened your experience with the Course in Miracles? I grew up in a military family and both of my parents were full of guilt and shame and they passed that on to all their children. So I don't think I'm any different than anyone else but I grew up with guilt and shame as a motivator and the Course taught me how to forgive myself and then look around at those that I was not forgiving and give them the same gift that I was giving to myself. And it has changed my whole relationship with my husband, with my kids, with my friends. A path to unification reunifying to uh, like a bridge yes. to, to move from the illusion back to the knowing it is so the holy spirit is exactly what you said it's the bridge to god 
it is a sound, it is a feeling, it is a memory, it is a moment in time, it is a miracle in which I see myself as one. It's a, it's a moment that I choose to forgive. The Holy Spirit is all those things. Wow. It's not some, you know, little wispy angelic thing mm -hmm. that hovers around my, my body. It is holy within me. It's in every cell in my body. The Holy Spirit is in the space between the particles of my body. Interesting. So if I think of my body the way that the Thrive 2 movie has it, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at my hand and I see all the cells in my hand. And then I see that all the cells are neutron or uh, atoms and molecules or molecules and atoms. Mm -hmm. And that with that with in each one of those atoms, there's a nucleus and electron that's orbiting around it. What's in that space between the nucleus and the electron? Mm -hmm. Is that matter? Is it antimatter? Whatever we want to call it, the Holy Spirit is in that space. Okay. You can't get away from it. <laughs> so it is a matrix. It is a substrate of um, all that is. It, it yes. is what we are embedded in. It is what we are embedded in. Okay. Beautiful. So I'd like to um, end with asking you to talk a little bit about your book and if, if you would recommend that that might be a good place for someone who is interested in the course, but maybe not ready to commit quite yet to doing the whole course. Yes, I, I would. The course, as I said, uses language which is um, can be difficult. So I wrote Training Wheels um, as a daily practice. Within the course, A Course in Miracles, there is a text and there's also a workbook for students. There's a manual for teachers. There's a clarification of terms, probably five different sections of the entire course. Mm -hmm. But the workbook for students is a daily practice because practice of daily lessons that starts out asking you to look around the room for about two minutes. And then it, over time, the workbook takes you through a series of different exercises that enhance your ability to sit in silence and hear the voice for the Holy Spirit. So I'm sorry, this is a long-winded answer. No, it's beautiful. Thought. It's very helpful. So Training Wheels is um, my attempt to, it's a gift of daily lessons for the student that wants to unlearn the lessons of the mind <laughs> and the ego, unlearn the ego's lesson. Yes. And start a new way of looking at the world through your holy mind, your whole mind. Yeah. Wow. So it, inc it includes 365 lessons? 365 lessons taught in plain language with examples from my life, the life of other people that I know, 
from science, which science is constantly uh, these days, especially quantum physics, is beginning to speak the language of God. And so I include that, uh, some of the, that uh, information in there. Yeah, it's very positive, and it's all about forgiving yourself. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for all the work you have done to come to this integration of understanding of this really difficult material and for, for sharing it in ways that I think our listeners will find really helpful or at least thought-provoking. <laughs> Certainly it's been helpful for me and um, I'm looking forward to reading your book. Well, thank you. I have really enjoyed talking with you this morning and, um, and yeah, just many blessings to you and, and anyone who's listening. Yeah. And I'll put the uh, links in the program notes for anyone who wants to follow up and access these resources. Well, I wish you a wonderful end to 2020. I hope it is uneventful and full of peace. Thank you, and I will speak with you soon.